0: All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time we have to uh, worship you today and to learn about your word. Thank you for revealing your word to us. I pray that you would bless uh, this discussion and the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It is on. All right, so we are, uh, we've done a few different things this year so far, uh, kind of working our way up through the context of the New Testament um kind of nation by nation or different talking about different groups and uh today we're gonna work up to rome and talk a little bit about uh how rome influences the new testament um so uh we did last week or was it yeah last week we talked about the herods all the herods and how they kind of show up through the new testament so to this week We'll talk about the Romans that show up in the New Testament. Um, And we'll review the uh, Nebuchadnezzar statue and where Rome plays into that. So um, there's a Roman history, you know, stretches for a thousand years or whatever. We're going to obviously talk about the first century AD, um, in particular one dynasty, um, the first dynasty of emperors because there's five of them there's five emperors and four of them show up in the new testament <clears throat> so it's a, a pr- pretty significant dynasty called the julio the julio claudians um, you'll recognize Julius caesar uh, his name in there and that's kind of the family that he came from so anyways that's the sort of the dynasty of roman emperors that we'll look at and four out of the five don't show up <clears throat> four out of the five show up in the new testament Only one that doesn't is Caligula, who is very famous outside of the Bible. Um, All right, so that's what we're going to look at. Um, So we'll start really quick by just uh, finding Rome on the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. So we have with Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, right? Um, We have the head of gold, the head of gold, the chest. Of silver, the thighs of bronze, bronze and legs of, sil- of iron. Okay, uh, head of gold was what? Head of gold. Does anybody remember the head of gold? Babylon. Yep, Nebuchadnezzar himself or Babylon. Um, and the date we give them him is 605 because that's when he conquered Assyria which was the previous kingdom chest of silver is Persia good Persia and that is usually 539 which is when Cyrus conquers Babylon and sends everybody back Five of bronze is Greeks Greeks Alexander the Great Different. You can use different dates. 331 is when he conquered Persia. Uh, I believe it's the same year right around that is when he also conquered Israel. So that's the kind of the thing you like. to keep in mind. And then legs of, bronze, legs of iron is Rome. Uh, and there's a few different dates you can use actually for this, depending on what you are. 63 BC or... Thirty-one, Three different kind of dates you could use depending on, on how you want to go off, you know, what you want to look at. Um, the reason there's three is, remember the Greeks. Greek, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world, then he dies, and the kingdom's broken up into four sections. Three of which really remain, and these are the three dates that Rome conquers all three of them. So the first one is the Greek mainland. He conquers. Rome conquers that in 146. Then the Syrian area, where Jerusalem is, is 63. We already talked about that. That's when Pompey conquers Jerusalem. And then 31 is the Battle of Actium, <clears throat> which is a famous naval battle where um, the Rome kind of finishes off the Greek world. So there's, that's why there's three dates. It takes 100 years, but eventually Rome conquers. Then you have actually in the statue, you have the leg or the feet, the feet mixed uh feet of iron mixed with what clay, clay. clay. different interpretations for that <clears throat> There's different interpretations for that, but I think it's Rome mixed with the Herods who were not Roman, they were. Uh, you know, Edomites or Edomian, like we talked about last week. And if you remember, right, we, we read about, I think there were 10 different Herods that showed up by name in the New Testament um, throughout. <clears throat> so they are really influential in this area, but they're puppets. They're kind of client kings of Rome. And so I think that's why the feet are mixed with clay. And then you have Jesus born 4 B.C um and kind of we can go on from there but these are a little bit of what we'll talk about is the rome part here um kind of where they show up in the story but that gives a little bit of context of where kind of where we're coming from with rome (coughs) hopefully not too many uh too many dates (coughs) all right so we are going to so we'll look at rome and we'll look at the emperors that that pop in here We should do a little bit of Rome, just like background to Rome, before we talk about the emperors, because before Rome was an empire, it had a couple different histories, and actually, um, one of the ways people before we um, the the BC and AD system was invented, people would do most of their dating based on the founding of Rome, so that was kind of a, a very common dating system prior to BC AD. And so the founding of Rome was seven legendarily 753 BC. And that was so that's the founding of Rome. That's when Romulus and Remus, the kind of famous legend of them founding Rome, happens. Uh, It's legendary. Who knows exactly what happened or when it happened? But the reason it's important is that everybody used that date to to, um, to, uh, date things. And they would use A-U-C, was their abbreviation? A-U-C, because um, A-U-C meant from the founding of the city. <clears throat> so all dates were based off that. 700 years since the founding of the city. 300 years since the founding of the city. And then in the 500s, A.D., a monk, decides that, they, that we should have a different dating system and go off of the birth of Christ. Um, and so he... Nails down the dates for you know 1 BC 1 AD, and after that, we have our dating system. How'd they get it wrong? Just not getting the uh, just not having the all the records. And I mean, it was there's there's a lot of different up until then, you know, you had everything was dated by the, the year of a king or the year of like a Roman consul. And there would be overlap, <clears throat> you know. There'd be overlap, or the records. Different people would use different years, um, and so yeah. So he was close, but not quite, not quite on. <clears throat> um, but it's no worries. Um, so so that's that's the, that's an important date. The other date for Rome, Roman history. So that's the founding of the city, 509. Again, not not a huge deal, but <clears throat> it was there was uh, five. Uh, kings that ruled in Rome until in 509 it became a republic. So the Roman Republic, you know, that's kind of a <clears throat> famous term, right? The Roman Republic in 509 lasted until 27 BC. So we're all BC here, which is when the empire, or the emperor, uh, the emperors began with who's the first emperor? Caesar Augustus. So he's who we're going to start with, actually. So we're going to skip 750 years of Roman history. Um, <clears throat> but... So can I speak? Yeah.
1: So is Julius Caesar right
0: before Caesar Caesar? Yes, he yes. So
1: was
0: he technically just the last... He was the last... Yeah, he was one of the last of the Republic. Yeah. He... But uh, essentially, he's not really any different, except he was... So he was dictator for life for a month. And uh, then he was assassinated. <laughs> <coughs> so... He essentially was an emperor, and there were multiple people throughout the republic that essentially functioned as emperors. But in 27, Caesar Augustus, he is he's labeled Augustus by the Senate, and the Senate recognized, like the whole everybody recognized him as like a sole ruler. Um, and that's what that's kind of what distinguishes the different the different times in their history. <clears throat> so so Caesar Augustus is 27. Um And he basically, throughout this last century of B.C., there were civil wars at the end of the Republic, right? Multiple civil wars, and Caesar Augustus wins the last civil war, which they would call the last civil war of the Republic, and then takes full control. And he wins it in 31 B.C. So 31 B.C. is when the last civil war finally ends, the Battle of Actium. That's why maybe you've heard of that battle before. It's because the Republic, the Roman Republic, ends, and you have the Roman Empire, <coughs> um, and then that lasts for 400, 500 years, give or take, till 476 is kind of the date for the empire ending. So you have got 500 years of empires, uh, emperors. Um, but we'll just look at the first ones, the Julio-Claudians. So uh, Caesar Augustus, he's our first, he's our first emperor. Uh, he shows up in the Bible a few places, a couple places. Um, so we will look at those and then look at the other ones. So uh, Caesar Augustus, uh, let's look at, I mean, I'll read Luke 2, 1. That's kind of the, the famous one. Uh, Luke 2, 1. At that time, Caesar Augustus sent an order that all people in the countries under Roman rule must list their names in a register. Et cetera, et cetera. We have the, the Christmas story, right? Um, so He had been emperor for a while at that point, right, 30 years or whatever, um, was obviously in charge of, you know, all Roman territory including Judea. Um, That's where he has the authority to make that, you know, to do that. Normally the census would happen for tax purposes, figure out how many people, who owned what, there'd be land taxes associated with that, and often a uh, revolt would happen at the same time as well. so that's kind of the, a little bit of the context. And remember, too, so all those Herods we read about, right? They were all, they were all subordinate to the, the Caesars or the emperor. And they had their position because of Caesar's decrees. So they had to, they had to um, kind of stay in the good graces of the Caesars. And so one of the ways they did that, we read about Herod the Great, right? One of the things he did is he had massive building projects. So the temple we read about, how they were walking through the temple and admiring the building and the stones and everything. Um, He also built a massive port city, that is Herod the Great. And he, in order to endear himself to the emperor, called it, does anybody know, big port city? Caesarea. Caesarea, yeah. He called it Caesarea. Um, It was one of the biggest, I think, biggest ports in the empire. It was massive, very famous. Um, and he named it after his his uh, patron, uh, Caesar Augustus. So Caesarea shows up quite a few times. Yeah. Where was the money coming from for all this building? Uh, taxes. Taxes. So the the tax collectors, right, are always but just, so poor. So Rome
1: wasn't contributing to this was all taxes raised? You
0: know, uh, yeah. I think a lot of it or most of it probably would have been locally raised taxes. So the reason, that, like, if you were Herod, you wanted to stay in your position was you also had Roman, you know, garrisons and legions and stuff that would, you weren't like directly in control of, but they would help enforce things. So Jesus is executed by Romans. The Jews couldn't, they couldn't, um, um, they could not uh, do capital punishment. The Romans would do that. So there are things like that. You kind of you would use the the muscle from the Romans, but they would kind of do what they kind of the symbiotic relationship between the two. But yeah, a lot of the taxes would come locally, and that's why you see tax collectors. A, that shows up in the New Testament a lot because they they had to bring in the money to fund a lot of the projects. <clears throat> yeah right right and then and you have the verse right where where Jesus says if you're a tax collector don't exact more than you're supposed to Um, because that's obviously what they could do they could bring in you know they had to turn in a certain amount to Herod or the Romans but they could keep extras if they were able to get extras you know Um, all right yeah so so that's Caesarea Um, we hear about it actually you know quite a few times throughout the New Testament uh, the centurion Cornelius is from Caesarea so he would have been uh, a Roman centurion meaning he's the leader of a soldier a group of soldiers uh, 80 to 100 and that would have been the garrisons right all over that would be enforcing a lot of the rules um, that was Cornelius he was in Caesarea and then it we're also told that Paul in Acts was held in Caesarea in Herod's palace in Caesarea so anytime you see Caesarea think of a building project in honor of one of the Caesars. All right, so after uh, Caesar Augustus, we get in 14 AD, does anybody know the Caesar that comes next that is also mentioned in the Bible? We read about it in Luke 3. It's Tiberius. We, Tiberius who is Caesar Augustus's son. Uh, we read about him in, in Luke 3, 1, and we read this briefly last week because Luke 3 also talks about the Herods that were in charge. Remember, after Herod the Great, uh, his, his um, kind of region broke up into four different districts, and we hear about all the different Herods. Um, you also, the same issue we had with the Herods, right, is they're all called Herod. You have the same issue with the Caesars, right? They're all called Caesar. So Caesar shows up. Paul appeals to Caesar. Well, it's not Caesar Augustus, right? It's a few Caesars later. So that's where it's kind of nice to, um, it's kind of nice to follow the, the line a little bit so you can keep those straight. Um, all right, so that is Tiberia. So Luke 3, 1. Um, I'll read Luke three one. We read this last week. Just the first couple of verses gives us some context. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod the Tetrarch, Herod was Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Licinius, Tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So. That's a really nice verse for setting up the high priest, the governors of the region, and the emperor. So you kind of know the context of who's ruling around there. Um, And then we we talked a little bit about um, the Herods, all those different Herods last time. Um, So we have uh, Tiberius. uh, So he shows up in Luke 3. We also um, have another building project in his honor, and that would be the city of Tiberius which is on the Sea of Galilee, that Herod uh, Herod Antipas builds, because he's the ruler of the region of Galilee. And so we hear about, I mean, there's a couple references to, to Tiberius, um, but that would obviously be in honor of the, the emperor at the time. Um, that is uh, John six twenty three. The The boats came from Tiberius, which is uh, on the Sea of Galilee. Um, one other one other section so um, the next emperor comes in in 37 which means that so the next emperor comes in 37 so Tiberius rules 14 to 37 which means he is the emperor during Christ's crucifixion um, <clears throat> so we'll read run one, one reference to him uh, during the crucifixion somebody might know when that happens we know the reference to Tiberius during the crucifixion. John nineteen twelve. John nineteen twelve 12 uh, says, From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be king opposes Caesar. <clears throat> so Tiberius is the Caesar that they're referring to. And um, a little thing that contributes to that is that to be a friend of Caesar was like an official title. The Herods would have been friends of Caesar, which means they're kind of he's their patron and they're in his good graces. And so that was something that, again, when they say that, it's pretty obvious, but it's a threat. It's more than just a kind of a comment, right, saying he won't like it, but it's actually a threat. Um, that they can write, they can, the Sanhedrin can get together and write to Caesar and complain about the Herods, and he, he can step in and depose them or do something. So that, there's an official, there's, there's a, a legitimate threat there, <clears throat> and part of the reason that it kind of sheds a little light on things is Pilate really did not like the Jews and did a lot of things to kind of exacerbate relations and there's really not a, not a lot of reason for him to listen to them or really care about them, except that um, right before this, uh, one of kind of Tiberius's uh, legislators or governors had been deposed and executed in his whole family for not being a friend of Caesar, right for not um, following what Tiberius had said. And Tiberius had written a, kind of a, a document saying, like you need to be, friendly to the Jews, do not, do not upset relationships, uh, relations with them. So there was some legitimate kind of turmoil happening um, where Pontius Pilate had to take that seriously, <clears throat> but normally he wouldn't. He did plenty of things, um, you know, instigate riots and crack down on things where he really didn't, he, he did not care for them. Um, but that was, a, that was a significant threat. <clears throat> Um, so that gives a little bit of background for uh, the emperor during the time of Christ. Any questions about those first two, Tiberius and Caesar Augustus, or comments?
1: Would you say this, that he was interested enough that he said, and that it says in the scripture, that uh, he wanted Jesus, when he sat him down, he wanted to know more about him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was interested. Okay. Mm-hmm
1: interest spiritual right that that could be the only thing
0: right yeah he was interested also uh, I think it says his wife had a dream right that he shouldn't um, execute Jesus or something like that so there was a couple things going on where he was kind of pulled in a couple directions yeah yeah that's interesting you
1: know this is the the scripture that God intervenes everywhere
0: Mm -hmm. yeah uh, yep yep that he, that he cares he cares for, he for him just as much as he cares for everyone mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting yeah so it's it's pretty it's kind of a quick story you know it's, it, we the there's not a lot there but there is under the surface yeah a number of different things going on um all right so that is our Caesar uh Tiberius next yeah question
1: Yeah. did that also transfer to Rome mm-hmm. Did they just
0: mm-hmm.
1: did Rome not receive any of that
0: yeah I don't know of too many specifics but in general yeah the Sadducees would have been the ruling elite and they would have been working with the Herods to maintain power and to um, to keep the status quo and then the Pharisees would have been the party that more so would have leaned against leaned towards you know rebelling against Rome and Throwing, you know, becoming independent again, um, and then the Zealots was a poor a party that would have been way further right, and would have been they would have been actively, you know, trying to upset the relationship with Rome and throw off Roman rule. Dan has some to add.
1: Just, just question a little bit. Um, so the Sadducees they don't believe in the resurrection, which means they don't believe in a judgment. They're not held. They're not going to be held responsible, so really, it's all about preservation <coughs> right? So that's why they're in cahoots, if you will, uh, with the Roman governors because they see it all as, and that's been historically what had happened with ever since um, they began paying off the the impressing uh, you know, leaders or, or conquerors. And the Pharisees, because they they were zealous for God in one way, but had embraced. The fact that salvation was coming by the Jews conquering their enemies and, and they were seeing the enemies as Rome as opposed to sinful nature and, and Satan <clears throat> and of course the most radical as you said the seen the zealots mm-hmm. they, uh, they were all about it mm-hmm. you pick up the sword in second right <clears throat> I,
0: just think, I think it's interesting like
1: did it, so it was it was uh, Against Rome, that they felt this. It wasn't just against their puppets. Because it's interesting that mm-hmm. they kind of go over
0: Pontius Pilate's head by threatless Right, right. To Rome. Yeah. That's just That's, that, that shows their desperation. Right? That shows their desperation to execute Jesus. Yep, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, also, all the Herods, too, were, most of them were like educated in Rome. And had, most of them would have had, would have received Roman citizenship as well, so you have kind of dual citizens, and were like, they would have looked at them as very much the same thing, very similar. Um, but also, it's just, yeah, they were just circumventing their immediate, you know, kind of immediate report for somebody above them.
1: Yes? I think there's just one other connection to bear in mind here, right? So the Herods are descended from who? Esau. Esau right so it's the false son so the Herods are really the false king so you have false priests and a false king and they're working together against Christ
0: all right so then in 37 we have the famous Caligula who does not show up in the uh, New Testament and only reigns for four or so years and he's executed or he's assassinated um, by the what would be maybe like the secret service of uh rome uh is assassinated in cahoots with the senate who wants to set up a more actually they want to Caligula is so bad they want to return to the republic is what they want to do they want to try and return to a republican government um, but they're not able to, and the um, kind of again the Secret Service uh, of Rome set up uh, Caligula's. I believe it's his uncle who is Claudius. Claudius does not. He's not planning. He's his uncle, right? So one thing Caligula was, Tiberius had a bunch of different, um, bunch of different uh, plans of succession that were not did not include Caligula. But he actually lived till he was 78, I think, super long. And in the meantime, uh, you know, it's a violent place, and lots all of his successors end up getting bumped off. So Caligula is kind of like the fourth or fifth option, and he's terrible, um, famously terrible. Uh, we won't go into details. But he, in 41, then he's executed, obviously assassinated, and Claudius becomes uh, emperor. Is not planning to be emperor. Uh, he's his uncle, was not planning to be. Uh, have this authority, but the Senate puts him in, or, or the, uh, he, he's made emperor and actually does pretty well. Most, most people, you know, in history would look back and say he did a pretty good job, including he's famous for invading uh, Britain. <coughs> so he is the one who invades and sets up Britain as a Roman, a Roman colony. Uh, in 41, yeah, is when he became emperor and he invades Britain a few years later forty-three or four um, so and the Roman law was set up there yep yep it becomes a Roman colony for 200 years 300 years something like that so for a while yeah 400 years long time yeah and um, and multiple people had tried before including Julius Caesar a hundred years before so Julius Caesar had invaded and it didn't work out uh, Caligula had sort of tried um, and then Claudius is the one who actually sets up uh, a, a foothold there. Uh, we hear Claudius a couple times mentioned. Uh, let's keep an eye on time. Yep. We see Claudius mentioned a couple times in the New Testament. <clears throat> we'll look at those. Um, he is mentioned in, and we, let's have two people read Acts 11, 27 to 30. Somebody do Acts 11, 27 to 30. Um, Ashlyn's got it. And then also, could somebody do, um, what's the other one? 18, Acts 18, 1 to 3. 18, 1 to 3. Bethany? Okay. All right, so um, Ashlyn, let's do Acts 11. Now, so in these days, prophets came down from.
1: Them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul.
0: Okay. Um, so interesting sort of parenthetical there, <coughs> mentioning there was this big famine and it happened in the days of Claudius. Um, two Roman historians mention the the famines though so potentially there's um, there was a reason for that uh, that for mentioning that it happened during the time of Claudius Uh, Suetonius is one uh, uh, um, Roman historian and and Tacitus as well pretty famous Suetonius says um, in his life of Claudius so he wrote kind of biographies right of the emperors in his life of claudius chapter 18 there was a scarcity of food which was the result of bad harvests that occurred during a span of several years so he mentions it there and then tacitus uh in his annals chapter 11 4 um a vision that came to him claudius i believe uh at night was the reason charges were, were filed against the man in this this dream he claimed to have seen Claudius crowned with a wreath made of wheat the ears of which were folded downward and from this vision he predicted lean harvest to come which did come later Um, all right so there's a little bit going on there just a couple random sort of connections to the Roman historians that that these this these events happened Um, not that we needed proof or anything but some people like to to see those connections Um, and then let's do 18 so Acts 18 1 to 3 After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife
1: wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade.
0: Okay. Um, So, again, we hear about Claudius in Rome, kicking all the Jews out of Rome. Um, This is also Mm -hmm. mentioned in Suetonius. Uh, he says um, uh, since the Jews constantly made disturbances at the instigation of Christus he, the emperor Claudius, expelled them from Rome so they were fighting over who Christus is that's what uh, Suetonius tells us and then Tacitus uh, says um, as for the Jews who had again increased so greatly That by reason of their multitude, it would have been hard without raising a tumult to bar them from the city, Rome. He, Claudius, did not drive them out, but ordered them, while continuing their traditional mode of life, not to hold meetings. Um, So, a couple different references to the Jews there in Rome, and causing disturbances, and uh, getting into it with Claudius. Um, right, so that is our fourth emperor in line. Uh, And he goes all the way to 54 AD. Any questions about Claudius or where we're at so far? Any idea, anybody know who ends the rule of the Julio-Claudians? I heard it. Nero. Nero. Then we get to good old Nero. Uh, Good old Nero. So um, he's going to be our last of the Julio-Claudians. Um, Becomes emperor when he's only 17 years old. Dan. Four minutes. Four minutes left. Okay. Well, good. We're at the end. We only need four minutes for Nero. Um, (laughs) He, uh, all right. So he goes, he rules um, till 68 A.D., okay? A couple things with him. He is the emperor that Paul appeals to in the New Testament. Okay, so in Acts, right? We read about this last week where um, Paul's on trial um, and he is in front of Felix and Festus and Herod Agrippa and he appeals to Caesar and he wants to go to Caesar and that is when Nero is emperor. And at the beginning of Nero's reign, if if you ask kind of a historian about Nero, they would generally say he started off really well. Um, building projects, people liked him, uh, expanding the empire, all, this th- all the things, uh, but then ended really poorly. <clears throat> um, and so at the beginning of his reign, you would, it would have like, made sense to appeal to him. You, he was, it, uh, they, would, they would have thought he was sane and a good judge, um, but then it's towards the end of his reign that he starts to kill off all his family members, his wife, his mother, his brother, everybody. Um, and you hear about some of the, the kind of um, the things that he did where he gets his reputation. Um, and he obviously persecuted the Jews incredibly after the fire in Rome. Um, so uh, so in, in Acts 25.11, we see Paul appealing to him. Um, you said persecute yeah. the Jews. The Jews. Wasn't it the Christians? The Christians, yeah, the Christians. Sorry. Um, but as you could see with the one reference, sometimes the Roman historians... <laughs> They didn't really care or know the difference. Um, um, Tacitus mentions uh, Nero and the Christians. uh, So I'll read that. It says um, in his life of of Nero, he says, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators, Pontius Pilate. Um, I read that because that's, I think, maybe the most famous sort of um, reference to the crucifixion outside of the Bible is from that section. So the life of Nero by Tacitus mentioning the Jews. Yeah, or Christians. So Christ
1: died 33?
0: 30, potentially, is kind of the date we're going with. So where... Yeah, so he, so Nero's 54, right? So I believe, uh, let me see, 57 okay. is my thought, uh, but so I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I just
1: hadn't thought of that time span of the New Testament, right. almost 30 years at this point. Right. Okay. Yeah, so. So when's John the Baptist, uh, or
0: when's a uh, Revelation written? Good oh, question. Over? That is a question. <laughs> We will get to that next week.
1: Ben, wouldn't he have to be? Uh, wouldn't he have to be past thirty because he was thirty when he started his ministry?
0: Yeah,
1: And he, and he had his ministry for three years. Well, we, I think we're told he was around thirty. Or BC or
0: 1 BC? It's about. It's about. <laughs> we're told he's around thirty, so we don't. I don't know if we're told exactly. Well, it, says it, it says he was. 30. At least thirty, but
1: but the. I'm just looking at roughly Paul's ministry. Sure. Roughly, the appeal to Caesar
0: was twenty four twenty eight years. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it was yes. in that range. Yeah. That was kind it, of what was interesting. Yep. And uh, you know, we're not we're not far from I'm not stealing your thunder, but clearly written Revelation before seven.
0: Right. Well that, sure,
1: but was it written before <clears throat> Paul appealed
0: to Caesar? Well that would be yeah so yeah I mean they're um they are not necessarily related. Paul in you know Paul and Rome, but yeah, potentially they are written in a, at a similar time. Um, we will look at John and Revelation uh, next week or whenever we pick this up again. Uh, but we'll end with Nero and this, uh, so uh, because this does set up kind of the seventy, where we are really we are trying to end at around like a seventy AD, and we'll talk about uh, the the fall of Jerusalem. The thing to note though is Nero. Um, He does all these things, right? He persecutes the Christians. Uh, There's the Great Fire of Rome. In 68, I mean, people really don't like him. Profligate spending, all these types of things. Uh, He commits suicide. He's only 30 years old, I think, or really pretty young. Um, And then you have the year, what's called the year of the four emperors. So year of four emperors, which, if you can imagine, is not a peaceful time. Uh, For the empire, right? Different generals claim to be emperors. There's civil war all year long. And in 69, so that's 68, I believe, 69, you have Vespasian, Vespasian takeover, whose son is Titus. And Vespasian is the general, the Roman general, who who, uh, has all the legions in the east, of Rome, which are the the legions uh, in Judea, in Israel, Egypt, in, and the East. He's the general, and he takes over as the kind of the next emperor that actually holds the the, the crown, and that's the start of sort of the next dynasty, is his family line. So the Julio Claudians end with a, with Nero committing suicide, and then four emperors that year, and then Vespasian takes over in 69. And this is the dynasty we'll talk about next, uh, which is the dynasty in charge during the fall of Jerusalem. So that's kind of just a little, like, kind of uh, for next time. And we'll talk about John and Revelation and some of that stuff. Yes, question? Was,
1: was one of those four? <clears throat> four?
0: Uh, I think he was the fourth. Yeah, I think he was the fourth. Yep. I have to double check. But I think it's, yeah, it's, he's the fourth, and then he's kind of keeps it for a while. Uh, Okay, any other questions? Okay, all right, let's pray, and then we'll break. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the ability to discuss uh, your word and the way you reveal yourself inside the the Bible and outside. I pray that you would uh, go before us today, bless Dan's preaching and uh, the rest of our time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.